Good People, Cool Things is a podcast featuring conversations with entrepreneurs, writers, musicians, and other creatives. Get inspired by their stories to do your own cool thing. And here's your host, Joey Held. Welcome to Good People, Cool Things. Today's guest is writer Bruce McCandless III. And we're chatting all about the different kinds of books that he's written. His latest is Wonders All Around, the incredible true story of astronaut Bruce McCandless II and the first untethered flight in space. Even if you don't know the name, Bruce McCandless, you have certainly seen the iconic photo that is the cover of this book and has been just plastered all throughout history as what looks like a man just floating, free-floating in space, which is a super cool picture. So we're talking about all of that. We're talking about the new book. But Bruce has written plenty of other books as well, so we're talking about those two, his first story that he ever wrote back in third grade. We're talking about our lack of drawing ability, but we make up for it with the writing. That's the important part, is that we're writing and having good stuff going through that. Bruce walks us through his writing process, and by the way, he wrote these books while practicing law, and it's kind of a demanding career. So to write multiple books on the side of it, Bruce offers an insight into how he did all that and how you can do the same, even if you're not practicing law on the side of your job, how you can build a writing habit and keep on doing it. If you'd like to get in touch with Good People, Cool Things, you can reach out via Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at GPCT Podcast. You can always send an email as well, joey at goodpeoplecoolthings.com. Love hearing from you. Also love if you're in the mood for some new threads, new hat, new wall art, all that good stuff. Head on over to the shop at goodpeoplecoolthings.com slash shop. Keep it real simple with the URLs. I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel here, as my high school sports marketing teacher would always say. In any case, we're heading off into space in this conversation with Bruce. For people who don't know who you are, can you give us your elevator pitch? And can you also tell us the type of elevator that we're riding on? Oh, no. <laughs> uh, I'm Bruce McCandless III. Uh, I'm, I'm a writer. I'm a, I spent many years uh, practicing law, but, but I, I, I've, I've retired from that, uh, that line of work. And, and I've just written a book uh, about uh, NASA and the manned space program and my dad's uh, role in that, that program. It's called Wonders All Around. And it's the incredible true story of astronaut Bruce McCandless II and the first untethered flight in space. And the, uh, the elevator is a really rickety elevator, and I'm, I'm worried that it's going to fall any minute now. So. <laughs> definitely, uh, definitely paints a picture that yeah. I'm not always, not always a fan of. <laughs> so you've essentially, I mean, you've got space as your background while we're chatting on Zoom here. So you've kind of grown up around space. Yeah. What's what was that like? Because I, I, I mean, I obviously like have seen space, but I, I haven't like gotten to to surround myself with it. So what was that like? Yeah, so I grew up down uh, south of Houston, uh, r- real close to the uh, the Johnson Space Center, what, what used to be called the Manned Spacecraft Center, and in the seventies it was renamed the Johnson Space Center, and uh, <clears throat> it was a um, there, there were several. You know, subdivisions that grew up around the space center and and they were they were all you know very pleasant sort of uh, uh peaceful uh, uh leafy sub uh, enclaves and they were full of uh engineers and and uh technicians and and uh and and the astro- and the managers and the astronauts who, who had come from various parts of the country to uh 
to work on the space program. Um, it, it was a, a pretty homogenous uh, community or set of communities. It was a pretty uh, uh, a, a pretty egalitarian uh, community. I mean, we, we, pretty much everyone down there was was working on a government salary or working for a contractor with you know comparable government salaries. Um, and so so it was. Um, it, it was, uh, you know, there, there weren't a lot of differences in terms of uh, who had a nice boat or who, who had a, uh, who had the nicer car. I mean, it, it was, uh, like I said, it was all pretty, uh, pretty homogenous. Uh, and, and I moved down there with my family in 1966 and, and sort of grew up around the, um, I don't really remember the Gemini launches, but I do remember the Apollo launches and uh, of course Skylab and, and uh, the Apollo Soyuz test project and, and, uh, and after that, you know, followed after that, uh, after a few years by the, uh, by the space shuttle. And, um, you know, my, my dad went to, to NASA as a, as an Apollo astronaut, as, as a, a group picked in 1966, uh, to, to be the, the, the man who would, who would go to the moon. Um, he didn't make it to the moon with Apollo, but, uh, he later flew on a couple of the shuttle missions. And, and so, you know, we had a, we had sort of a ringside seat to all that, um, uh, you know, the, the, the highs and the lows, uh, and there, there were definitely were some lows. Um, but, but I remember hearing all the time more or less about, uh, what programs were up on deck and what had been canceled and what was being changed and that sort of thing. So, so in that regard, it was, uh, it, it was exciting. I have to say, uh, I wasn't uh, a huge space fan at the time. I've, I've actually gotten into some of that uh, now that I'm a little bit older and I've been writing a book. I, always found it interesting um but obviously never had like a, a ringside seat like you were saying of, of being that up close and personal to it and i think the the image of your dad being untethered in space it's in the title of the book yeah. is, is a pretty iconic image that i think a lot of people would recognize but for for us space i newbies for lack of a better word What's going on there? Because he's not just floating away into space like it might look for right. No, it, so what's going on there? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a that's a that's a good story uh, and a great question. Um, so the the photograph uh, that you that that is on the cover of the book and that a lot of people recognize is a, is a is a photograph of Bruce McCandless II uh, testing what was called the uh, the man maneuvering unit. And it is a, it's basically a, a jetpack uh, that, that uses nitrogen gas to propel the astronaut around in different directions and uh, in different attitudes and that sort of thing. And, and uh, there's a long history behind development of that thing. It was, it was actually first tested out in the, in the Gemini program. Um, Gene Cernan tried to, tried to test out, um, had a lot of trouble with his tether getting back to the unit, and, and ultimately the test was called off. Uh, and NASA lost interest in the project for a while. But when the shuttle uh, came online, there was a lot of interest in the idea that, hey, we're going up there uh, in, this, in, in the shuttle. We should be able to uh, use this reusable spacecraft to do things like servicing satellites, uh, uh, repairing the shuttle, uh, possibly even rescue missions. So, so we need to come up with some way that the astronauts can go outside the spacecraft uh, and move around freely to to work uh, and, and function in space, and and so that's what the MMU was designed to do, um, uh, to, to to be able to propel the astronaut uh, back and forth between the space shuttle orbiter and and uh, whatever satellite or, or other spacecraft uh, the astronaut needed to get to. Um, my dad spent 18 years uh, uh, working on the thing before he finally got a chance to test it. 
uh, on the 11th shuttle mission, STS-11, uh, in February of 1984. Um, you're right, he wasn't, he wasn't exactly floating because he was propelling himself with the jetpack. He, he couldn't go very fast with that thing, um, but uh, he managed to get out to about uh, 100, a little over 100 meters, 300 feet, which if you've seen the, some of the photographs, uh, is pretty impressive. You're, you're, you're a good ways away from the orbiter. Uh, and, and um, you know, he, there was a, a call on the plans for him to, at that point, turn around and, and, and face out into space. And, and uh, uh, he never did that. He, <laughs> he, he maintained his focus uh, squarely on the orbiter, as, as, you know, as you can imagine, it's your, your way home. So, so um, yeah, that's what that photograph is all about. It was, it was taken by his, his uh, crewmate, uh, an astronaut named Hoot Gibson, uh, who, who, uh, you know, he, he had, uh, uh, an old sort of manually operated camera. He managed to get that photograph, uh, focused and, 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 uh, and composed uh, manually and, and, uh, turned into one of the really iconic photos of, of, uh, uh, of the shuttle era and, and one of the most, uh, most requested photographs that, uh, that NASA has on offer. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I think it's fair to call it iconic. Yeah. And, and like the wherewithal to get such a good photo like that. Like I've had situations with, you know, my much fancier camera or even my phone where I've got like eight minutes, I can set everything up and I still can't get a great picture. And to, uh, yeah. to get that's very no, impressive. <laughs> I'm exactly the same way. He, he, uh, he said he looked through the viewfinder. He had been sort of full of camera, looked through the viewfinder and was, was amazed at, so amazed at what he saw that he put the camera down and then had to tell himself, "Hey, okay, there's here. This is the shot, you know." And and uh, picked it back up and, and managed to get the uh, get, get the photograph that uh, that so many people have seen. Uh, and yeah, no, he did an amazing job. And and you know, you could argue that uh, I, I remember watching the the video footage from the from the mission back in 1984, uh, and and uh, it was pretty grainy. You couldn't really tell exactly what was going on. Um, uh, but it was but it was Hoot Gibson's photograph when it was released after the astronauts uh, came back that that really captured the moment and, and that has sort of become almost as much a work of art that is it, as it is a uh, just a document of the of the event. Yeah, it's always interesting to see in in iconic moments like that of how a photograph like is so much more encapsulating even though it is just that one moment in time it's like okay that looks so much better than the whole video so it's super cool yeah no, i i know exactly what you mean yeah and and you know there 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 are several photographs from the from the manned space program that that uh, that sort of have that effect there's there's one called the earthrise photograph from apollo 8 uh there's the big blue marble photograph from apollo 17 and and, and those photographs where you were sort of the first time that that men and women could see the planet earth as a distinct entity that, that, you know, the planet earth fits in the frame of the photograph. And we, we, we realize we're out here alone in space. Uh, and, and, you know, it's, planet earth is kind of a miracle when you think about it. It's, it's, it's the result of a conjunction of all kinds of unlikely factors that created the, the, the perfect conditions for, uh, for, for, uh, you know, sustaining life. Uh, and a lot of people credit that Earthrise photograph from Apollo 8 as being uh, one of the catalysts of the environmental movement, uh, you know, here in the U.S. and elsewhere. That's that's fantastic. And you mentioned how maybe back when this was happening, you didn't have as much of an appreciation for space travel as you do now. So 
do you have any plans to to hop into <laughs> space or not? No, I'm 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 well. I, I can't say that I'm I'm too old because there are older people who are who are going to be doing that soon. I, 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 this combination of age and wealth. I mean, at this point, if if you're going to be going up into space on either uh, Jeff Bezos's uh, uh, or Richard Branson's uh, uh, space machines, you're going to need a lot of money. Um, and and uh, the more demanding flights, say to uh, you know, NASA's planned flight to, to, to the moon, I think, uh, are, are sort of, I think there are other people waiting for those flights with better qualifications. I'd like to, but I don't, I don't see it happening anytime soon. <laughs> my, my only experience <laughs> is the Disney ride where, uh, Gary Sinise is your, your mission command. And I, I get pretty motion sickness just from that. So I don't know if it's in the cards for me, but <laughs> yeah, I get, I, I, I have some issues with that. And I hate to, I'm embarrassed to even admit it, but the teacup ride, I have trouble going around even on that thing. So space probably in the best place for me. I, yeah, I empathize with you. So we're we're in it together, even if, if everyone else can handle the teacups. We'll mind the Ford here on Earth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, this is your most recent book, but it is not your first book. You've written several other I, other different pieces of work, and we'll, we'll touch on all of them. But I, I always like asking writers this. Do you remember the first thing that you ever wrote? You know, I, 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 I think I do. The first sort of, uh, I would say, substantial novel length <laughs> uh, piece, uh, you know, novel length for a third grader uh, was a piece that I wrote uh, about, you know, about being in a, a fighter plane squadron during the Second World War. And, and for some reason, I designated it the 2077th um, squadron and we, it was the rainbow squadron and, <laughs> and we had, and I had all my friends you know were fellow pilots and you know we we, we went around uh, uh defending uh europe and england and the u.s and shooting down the uh shooting down uh, nazi planes and that sort of thing um and i you know i'm i suspect it was it was not uh not a serious work of art but but it was a start and uh i, I enjoy doing it so so yeah, i think that was the i think that was the first uh that's the first thing I can remember writing. Nice. Did it have accompanying pictures as well, or was it strictly written? Oh no, it was. Uh, I was serious. <laughs> no illustrations for me. No, there was. Uh, it was all writing. The only illustrations I was capable of, especially at that age, and and really at this age, is uh, you know stick figures. So, so it had. It pretty much had to be. Uh, it had to be written. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's always. Uh, I. I don't know if you've ever played uh, any of the Jackbox games. I, no, I don't are, think I've played that. They're essentially they they've been uh, very popular during quarantine because you can play them on a phone and and someone can just pop the the actual screen on on Zoom. But a um, bunch of different party packs are just supposed to be like social party games, and all of them have some sort of drawing game to it. And so there's one where you design T-shirts and then uh-huh. uh, you'll do a drawing and then someone else will do a slogan and you vote on your favorites. But every time I play any of those. Same sort of thing for me. It's like a real crude stick figure. And then it's like going up against someone that like has a one of those like drawing uh, sticks for the iPad. And it's like right. a very professionally drawn. They're like layering shadows and colors. And I'm like, we had a minute to draw this. How did you do that so well? Yeah. So, some people like that are sort of magical. I don't know. I'm not yeah. sure how they do it. It's all right. We'll stick to writing. It's more, more yeah. fun anyway. So tell us about your other books that you've written. Yeah, so 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 wonders all around is a is a big departure for me, uh, insofar as it's nonfiction. Uh, you know, previously I've, I've um, um, I should say I spent twenty five years practicing law, but but during that time I, I was writing 
uh, on the side and and primarily writing science fiction fantasy uh, uh, with some with some horror as well and, and uh, the, the 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 first book I wrote was uh, uh, Sour Lake which is a, which is sort of a historical fiction uh, set in East Texas in, in uh, 1911 and, and it, 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 it's sci-fi in, insofar as the uh, the the menacing element in the story is, is uh, um, not from around here uh, and there's a there's a pretty healthy helping of, uh, of, of social commentary as well because uh, there's a, a series of murders sort of gruesome murders that take place and and uh, suspicion uh, in the community falls on uh, one in the black community uh, and then one uh, African-American fellow in particular and the sheriff of the town has to you know hurry to find what's really going on uh, be- before there's a uh, before violence breaks out and and uh, and and he's helped in that in that man in that uh, endeavor by a Texas Ranger and by a an African-American uh, doctor from Houston and from uh, and by a sort of a local uh, naturalist um, who's who's actually uh, based on a on a real historical character and um, and and so I, I it's 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 been pretty well received it's got a lot of uh, good reviews on on Amazon and Goodreads and I've, I've actually just finished a, a sequel to that book that'll that'll be out in, uh, in September it's called uh, in the land of dead horses uh, which Sort of has a similar uh, similar sort of problem to be solved, but it takes place in uh, not in East Texas, but in but in West Texas in the desert country, and and uh, I think that's going to be a lot of fun too. Obviously, like you were saying, it was a departure to write your latest book, Wonders All Around. As far as the writing process goes, was that also different because fiction versus nonfiction, or, or is it still kind of a similar process? Yeah, well, here's here's the here's the problem, Joey. So <laughs> that you know that what. One reason I wanted to write the, the book is because you know my dad had this really fascinating life, and and uh, and, and there's this, this strong narrative arc that that I sort of cover in the in, in the book where he he comes to NASA as sort of this uh, prodigy. He's the youngest astronaut in his group. In fact, he was the youngest astronaut at NASA for 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 a while. Uh, his career sort of takes off. He was the um, he's actually he was actually the, the Capcom capsule communicator uh, for. The portion of Apollo 11 where Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin, you know, come down the ladder and set foot on the moon. So if you ever listen to that, you'll hear you'll hear his voice. Um, but something happened and his career sort of got derailed, and uh, he he had to work very hard to come back from this sort of a, a de facto. Uh, um, I'm not going to say banishment, but, but sort of getting getting knocked off track, and he had to work very hard to get back in the. In the rotation for a flight, and and so the story is is one of uh, perseverance and redemption, um, and 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 that part the, the, that part you can find in fiction as well. It's, it's a perfect story to 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 make a novel out of or a short story. But here's the here's the problem: all this really happened, and there there are people out there who are fanatical about space history, and 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 I, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that in a good way. They're they're they are big fans of space history and they spend a lot of time reading about it and, and, and thinking about it. So if you're going to tell a story uh, about, uh, about one of the Apollo astronauts, uh, you know, it, which is a, it, it's a, it's a pretty beloved group uh, among, among some folks, you, you have to be careful to get, uh, to get your facts straight and, 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 and not just the biographical facts, but some of the facts, at least about, about space travel and, and how it works and, and why it works. 
And, and, and Joey, that was a, that was hard for me. I got to say, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not sure I got it all right. I mean, I had some help. I, uh, I talked to a lot of folks about it. Um, and, and the errors are, are all mine, but, but, uh, some of that stuff was, was, uh, was, was about, uh, over my head, literally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it's always, uh, any, any kind of nonfiction book, I'm always very impressed by just how much research goes into it. And I think, that a lot of times people might not even realize that while they're they're reading of like all those conversations you've had all those facts that you had to check so it's i'm always impressed by it well i was you know i was i was i was helped a little bit in that uh, my, my mom and dad both passed away uh, fairly recently my, my mom in 2014 my dad in 2017 uh and and uh, my wife and i um and my sister have been engaged uh, ever since in, in sort of going through old papers and files and boxes and, and that sort of thing. And, 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 you know, come to find out my, my parents were, were, were pretty, uh, pretty crazy on the subject of keeping things. They kept all <laughs> kinds of things. I mean, they kept good example. Here's a good thing they kept. They, they kept their correspondence from the early sixties when my dad was a, uh, serving in the Navy, you know, and writing, they were writing back and forth while he was in the, the Mediterranean with the sixth fleet. Um, and she was back in the U S you know, they kept, they kept those letters from the early sixties and you know, that those, that, that's good. And of course they also, my dad also kept his income tax, you know, returns for 40 years, whatever that's, I don't know that I need those and old bank statements and that sort of thing, medical records, but, but, um, but, but, a lot of the, uh, to some extent, my, my dad was his own archivist. I mean, he kept so much stuff that it was, you know, once you got, once you went through the, 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 uh, the, the, the junk, uh, and got to the good stuff. I mean, it was, it was a lot of it was there, you know, Naval rec, Navy records, uh, um, uh, astronaut files, you know, uh, you know, uh, manuals, that kind of thing. It, it was pretty, pretty cool to find all that stuff. Yeah, I think that's always always very cool. And I, I feel like my parents are doing that in reverse with me, where they'll every time they visit, they'll bring something from, you know, years ago. I most, <laughs> just, most, just to remind you, yeah, to show you. Yeah, just to be like, hey, here's something that you've you've left it at home and like here it is now. You have it here. And I'm like, okay, cool. So uh most recently I'll give a shout out to two XL, which was a a robot that played um, both, both like trivia tapes where you could like answer trivia questions and, uh, choose your own ending tapes, which I thought was the coolest thing. It was like a full story. He'd have the different buttons. You could pick what, you know, what the character did next. And it was as a, as a child, I was blown away by it, but yeah, cool. Uh, and I probably still would be as an adult, but I haven't, uh, haven't taken it for a spin yet since, since it's been dropped down here. So, uh, if my mom is listening, I apologize. It's, <laughs> it's been a couple months, but we'll, we'll make it happen. It'll be a summer yeah, summer soiree. Yeah. Uh, and one of the other books that you've written, I you did not write it alone. I uh, you had oh, right. you had your daughter's help. Is that correct? It, yeah, it is. And, and before we move on from 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 the you know the, all the documents that and the files, I, I should say my stepmother um, Ellen Shields McCandless did a great job of keeping all that stuff together. Um, and, 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 uh, you know, she, she had a lot to deal with after my dad died, but one of the things she did was take an inventory of everything. And so we're, so that was extremely helpful. Um, uh, oh, on, on the book. Yeah. The book I wrote with my little daughter, Carson, uh, Carson McCandless, 
I'm glad you asked about that. Uh, that that uh, I, I think um, you know if you look at uh, you know for 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 writers, especially self-published writers, one of the things you look at to determine if you're doing a good job or not is you know ratings and, and reviews on Goodreads and Amazon. And I think that's really my best my best uh, most liked book, and it's a book of poems I wrote uh, with my daughter when at a time when she was. Uh, she was very sick and she was having some, some health issues uh, and was very depressed. And, and this is not a weekend thing. This is a, like a year long thing. And, and, uh, and she ended up going to a different school and, and she was having a lot of problems. Uh, and one day I, I was, I was staying home with her and I was sort of going through some of her things, helping her clean up. And I found this old book she she'd started when she was an old journal when she was about six. Uh, and it was called the trail guide to avoiding death. And um, in the book, she she had listed monsters that uh, that she was scared of, and one you know like a uh, you know a skinwalker and a werewolf and a, and a uh, kelpie, and you know she'd write little she'd do little pictures of them, and and uh, you know it, it wasn't uh, a real substantial thing, but but I got to thinking maybe what if we tried to write about had the same idea, but try to write about things she was nervous about or afraid of at the age of 13 or 14 rather than six. And of course they're much different. The things you worry about at 13 or 14 are much different than werewolves or not always. Maybe in addition to werewolves, I still kind of worry about werewolves, but, but um, so we wrote about body shaming. We wrote about uh, uh, boys and, and mean girls and social media and, and that sort of thing. And we wrote it, we wrote these poems you know, kind of silly, kind of funny, um, and and, uh, and and people seem to really like it. And and you know, it, it's probably for kids. You know, I'd say you know, smart fifth graders, sixth graders, you know, seventh graders. Maybe by the time you're an eighth grader, you're a little old for it. But but um, you know, people really seem to to to, to uh, relate to it. And and uh, I've had some teachers use it in class and that sort of thing. So yeah, Carson Clare's Trail Guide uh, to Avoiding Death and, and Other Unpleasant Consequences. That's, uh, that's something else that uh, we, we, we did. I think that we did that about four years ago. I think that's a really good, you mentioned the reviews and ratings, but getting schools to use the book, I think, is also a, a really good validation. Yeah, it, it's, it, yeah, it's huge. And, and I think, and I don't, this is my bias, but, but uh, I, I think you can, I think you can learn a lot from, from, even from funny poems that, you know, it's, it's, you know, teaches some creativity, some fun with the language. Uh, again, my bias. I don't know if that's <laughs> pedagogically correct, but, <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, so, so that is gratifying. And you mentioned how you were practicing law and started writing kind of on the side. And I think a lot of people have hopes and aspirations of writing a book someday, but they've got, full-time job they've got kids they've got yeah. lots of distractions and certainly practicing law is no uh, no easy job <laughs> um, so how did you find the time to write multiple books on the side yeah well that's a that's a good question and, and, it, and it, it took a long time I mean you know it's 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 got to be something that you know you you got to want to do it maybe maybe you even need to do it I don't know because it's because it's not easy you got to squeeze in time I, I could never do it before work. I'm terrible. I can't get up, uh, but, but I, I am pretty good, you know, at night. I like to work at night and, and, um, and you're right. Practicing law is, is, uh, is, a, is a pretty demanding um, um, thing to be doing. 
so I would I would squeeze in as much time as I could, as often as I could, and and uh, uh, it, it 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 just seemed like it took forever sometimes. But um, but but you know we got there. So so be patient with yourself if you're if you're starting that kind of project. Uh, don't expect to do it all in in three or four sittings. You know, uh, sketch it out, write as much as you can. You know, on a given day, come back tomorrow, do a little bit more. Uh, and, and I'm a terrible writer, but I'm a, I think I'm a decent rewriter. You know, I, I like to go back and once you get everything together, go back and figure out where you went wrong or what you might've said that was where, I, what I might've said that was good and worth keeping, uh, and, and just, uh, and just work that way. Um, I mean, that's, you know, it's, it's not, it's, it's, it's a, it's a difficult, difficult project. I mean, writing anything is difficult, uh, writing anything, you know, sort of original and, and, uh, and worth reading, I think. Yeah, and I think that's a good note about the rewriting element of things too, is to to just write the first time and don't, you know, don't worry about editing, don't worry about going back, which I know I struggle with sometimes where I'm like, oh wait, no, I, I misspelled that. I gotta go back, and then it'll just knock me out of the flow of a sentence. Yeah. And to try and try and overlook that. And I think it is it the Hemingway quote where it's write drunk, edit sober. Uh right, yeah. I think so, that is Hemingway. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> I'm with you. I mean, you know, spelling, that can always be fixed. Grammar, grammar's overrated. You know, that can always be fixed later. You got to, <laughs> you got you to figure out what's happening and, and, and why and who's doing it and, and, and who gets affected by it. You know, those, those are the fun things to figure out. So. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think I, as, as a, a self-professed grammar nerd, I, I wish sometimes I didn't care as much and I'm, cause I'm like, it's yeah, I can go back and fix it. It doesn't need to be perfect <laughs> the first time around. <laughs> All right, Bruce, you're almost off the hook, but we always like to wrap up with the top three. And I I often ask my guests oh, for this as yeah. well. So uh, I know let's see. Coming. Yeah, okay, okay. So you're prepared. That's good. Sometimes sometimes this still catches people off guard, even when they when they have provided it. So I uh, your top three, your top three missions, events, slash events, I should say, in space exploration that you're looking forward to in the next few years. Well, you know, this that's a I I guess I'm kind of prepared for that, but it's, there, there's so much to, to look forward to. I mean, this is an exciting time. All of a sudden, it's an exciting time for for, uh, for space exploration. You know, we went through this long period of of, uh, of, of of dormancy, you know, where we didn't even, the space shuttle wasn't even, well, the space shuttle last flight flew in 2011. So to get up to the International Space Station, we had to hitch a ride uh, with the Russians, you know, and we paid them a fortune to, to use the Soyuz to get up to, you know, what was essentially at least partly our own space station. So, so now we can use SpaceX uh, um, and, and, and hopefully uh, we'll have, you know, other avenues for getting up there. And, and, and uh, so I, I'm getting off the point. I'm getting off the topic here. The, the top three things I'm looking forward to. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, who gets into space first, uh, Jeff Bezos or, or Richard Branson. And, and I'm really looking forward to seeing those guys come back safely i mean no matter what you think of them as individuals i i really do want to see uh these these sort of uh even though they're not technically uh you know big advances for us because they're there's something nasa was doing 60 years ago i really want to see these space tourism flights uh, be successful so more people can go up and get that experience and, you know uh, again it's not very realistic but I, I i would like to do it one of these days if i ever have the money um two i'm real interested to see how we react to the Chinese space program. All of a sudden, China is this 
really robust and somewhat aggressive uh, space power. I mean, they 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 have uh, they have a rover on the Mars on Mars just like we do. Uh, they're building a space station, or they, they I'm, I'm sorry, they have a space station. They, they're, they're visiting their space station. They're going to uh, build it out. The Russians have said they're going to participate with them. Um, they, they have got a very ambitious uh, set of missions um, coming up in the future. In fact, they're, they're talking about going to Mars. It may be that they get to Mars before we do. So so how's, how's the U.S. going to react to that? How are, are we going to be, um, is it going to be like it was with the Soviets uh, back in the 60s? Or are we going to are we going to find ourselves in a new space race uh, or is there going to be more cooperation and competition? I think that's going to be a, a sort of a fascinating uh, aspect of international affairs uh, for a while to come. Um, and, and, and I'm really interested to see, interested to see what happens with our own sort of manned space exploration program, not, not the space station, uh, but, but the Artemis program where we're planning to go back to Mars and, and, you know, the sort of still, still pretty uh, ethereal hopes of, of, of getting to Mars, you know, maybe in the early, early 2030s. Uh, I think that's going to be a fascinating endeavor and, and um, it's going to be interesting to see how we, uh, how we go about that and whether, whether the American people have the, have the will uh, to finance it. I mean, that's really always been part of the problem. So is that three? I hope that's it's three. Yeah. <laughs> I I'm not sure it's three or 10. I it's, I, it's not really a hard three. Some people have, have gone on uh, to list six or seven or, 25 so i i don't i don't critique but yeah you suck to three well done well done <laughs> okay good awesome well bruce thank you so much for for hopping on and chatting if people want to check out the book if they want to see what else you've written learn more about you where can they go oh well you know they can go to uh, i'm glad you asked that joey it's a, it's uh the, the book is going to be out uh july 13th you can go to uh, Amazon or Barnes and Noble or any of the big uh, online retailers and find it. Wonders all around. Uh, the incredible true story of astronaut Bruce McCandless II and the first untethered flight in space. You ought, you should also be able to get it uh, from your from your local bookseller. Uh, I know Joe, you and I are here in, are here in Austin. I know Book People has ordered some some copies, so, oh, nice. so they should have it. Uh, and and you know you can go to Goodreads and look up Bruce McCandless. Uh, you can find uh, some of my books there and and. Uh, what am I saying? I think you can find all my books there. And then <laughs> hopefully, yeah, not, not that there are that many. <laughs> it sounded like there were lots of others floating around somewhere, but, uh, but yeah, or, or, or Amazon. And, and I think I have an author page there. So, so uh, yeah, I appreciate you mentioning that. Absolutely. And you're, even if, even if uh, the books haven't been written yet, you've got, you've got all of them there someday. They'll be there. The current ones <laughs> that are right. out are there and then the That's future right. ones will be there too. Well, Bruce, thank you again for taking the time to chat. This was fantastic. Oh, it was a real pleasure. I appreciate you having me on the, on the show. And of course, we got to end with a corny joke, and I even made it space-themed. Um, and speaking of, of books, I'm reading a book about anti-gravity right now. And i got to tell you, <laughs> it's impossible to put down. Get after it today, people. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. Good People, Cool Things is produced in Austin, Texas. If you were a fan of this episode, go ahead and hit that follow button. That helps more people hear the show. As always, you can send me a message, joey at goodpeoplecoolthings.com. Thank you to all of the guests who have been on Good People, Cool Things. You can check out all the old episodes via goodpeoplecoolthings.com. As always, thank you for listening and have a wonderful day.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 